0: hello and welcome we're safe sport international a global charity dedicated to empowering children and adults to experience sport in an inclusive and safe environment we are passionate and experienced global safeguarding leaders with a vision to end all forms of non-accidental violence abuse and exploitation in sport we hope you enjoy this podcast
1: Hello, my name is Marcella Leonard and I'm your host for today's podcast. I'm absolutely delighted today to have with me Kat Craig. Kat is going to join me for three podcasts and today is the first one. What we're going to look at in the first of this podcast series, we're going to take a look at what is advocacy and what does it mean? And the second thing we're going to take a look at today is what are the key success factors that need to be present in order to make advocacy effective in an organization. And in particular, therefore, within a sports organization. I'm absolutely delighted to have Kat join me today. Kat is the founder and CEO of Athlete and is a human rights lawyer. But also for me, I see Kat very much as a catalyst for strategic social change. And as I said, welcome Kat. And firstly, tell us about you. Tell us about Athlete. Hi Marcella and thank you so
0: much for inviting me. Thank you to you and Safe Sport International. What a fascinating um topic to talk about today and something that I I feel very uh, honored to to be identified with as a strategic Kind of change maker. That's very much uh, what I I hope we do when we support people uh, at Athlete. We help elite athletes tap into really their unique ability to change the world, and then also work with other stakeholders in the sport ecosystem to try and build systems to tackle some of the key social issues in and through sport. Um, so whether that's player unions or civil society organisations or UN bodies on topics from gender based violence uh, to racial discrimination and the right to protest and central to all of that for me has been this incredible voice that athletes and their allies bring and the huge uh, positive social impact that they've had
1: so excited to talk to you a little bit more about that. And and I think, Kat, for myself, as you know, I'm a social worker and come from a social work background. And for me, social change, I think, within the sports world has been in particular around finally, I think, a beginning of a recognition around the need for sport to be safe and for safeguarding and how we really need to embrace and and also not only just embrace, but really enable um, not only athletes, but sports organisations, parents, cares, everybody involved in the sports organization to really recognize that safeguarding is also about social change. It's about making sure that we create the environment for no matter who you are, no matter what age you are, no matter what your gender, no matter what your race, culture, creed, no matter what, um, that sport is something that should be safe. So I suppose for me, it's a really important conversation in this podcast around seeing it as um, an avenue um, and a tool for for social change. So delighted to to join you in this conversation. So for you, Kat, where, where would you describe advocacy, and that where would you place it? What what for you means advocacy?
0: Yeah, I think for me, it is all about creating that positive social change. And to pick up on on your comment just now, Marcella, I absolutely agree that for sport, creating a safe environment uh, has been. A bit of a game changer, right? This is not a new thing. We've not, it's not new that athletes and allies and um, other stakeholders advocate for change and try and create change. Um, but I think the door has been opened in sport where we really have started to challenge some of the power dynamics, some of the lack of diversity. Uh, and I think that's really, you know, and and, and a lack of distribution of power. And I think for me. That is at the heart of so much advocacy is to hear from people who are most affected, but who frequently uh, do not have a seat at the table, uh, what the problems are that they face and how they feel those problems should be changed. So for me, advocacy is often about uh, elevating those voices and uh, ensuring that people feel able to confidently, uh, coherently and impactfully speak on an issue where their challenges, where their
1: experience has not been adequately heard and acted upon. Kat, really what I suppose what I'm hearing you saying is there's a couple of key words within there. So there's something around, firstly, you know, for advocacy is about recognizing, uh, firstly, that there is an imbalance, that there is an issue that we need to address. And then moving on then to the acknowledgement of that, because I think sometimes there, it's okay to uh, to recognize. And, I, you know, there's something about, oh, we recognize it and we, we say it and we're naming it, but... Actually, the next step is the important bit, which is now we have to acknowledge that it's happening, and in an acknowledgement, we then need to decide and enable um, individuals, organisations to make that change because it's something then around advocacy and assisting, as you're saying, that response to whether that's about the that, you know addressing the lack of diversity, power imbalance, and, and giving a voice um, really for individuals. So I think it's really about making sure that we move beyond. Recognising it, we've got to do more than that. We've got to move beyond the recognise recognition of whatever that harm is, um, or imbalance, or whatever it is. We need to move beyond that and move into then that responding. I'm Absolutely, just... mm.
0: yeah. And I think that that language around harm that you use, although we we traditionally see it in a safeguarding context, for me is just consistently applicable across human rights. So even if your voice is not heard, even if your right to protest is taken away. Uh, even if you're not represented, those are all forms of of harm as well. So I think that's right. I think the first stage is really about recognising that harm. And and of course, that sometimes can be a significant piece of work early doors. And we've seen that sometimes the key themes uh, that we see changing in society, there are so many pressing issues um, that different themes tend to take um, a greater prominence than others at different stages and we have to it feels like juggling sometimes if you're looking at this in the round broadly as kind of equity and human rights for everyone as I see it you know you're looking at everything from a climate crisis to systemic racial injustice to widespread sexual abuse these are a lot of different themes that that we hold and need to encourage sports bodies to hold in their mind at the same time when when we're thinking about um, the social change that we want to see, but you're right. I think step one is about that recognition, and sometimes that requires um, that in itself requires a considerable investment. And I think for me, one of the big pieces around advocacy is authentic storytelling. And if we look at the um, the safeguarding context, the safe sport context, how sport was able to tell its story so courageously through the voices of athlete victims and survivors as part of a wider Me Too movement, where they were able to connect into a moment in time when there was a real challenge again to those power dynamics, right? So there was a challenge happening, and sport and athletes, particularly the the US gymnasts and and the Afghanistan Women's National Team and the hundreds of other courageous survivors that tapped into that conversation later were able to authentically tell their story. And I think what they did so well there was really raise the cost of inaction because I think that comes to your acknowledgement and action piece, right? So if we look at, for example, systemic racial injustice, since the murder of George Floyd, there has been a much greater acknowledgement of the need to create change. But the challenge then has been that in some cases, institutions have also been criticized for just paying lip service to an issue. So there's a lot of complexity. And and as we'll speak about, I'm sure in the course of these coming conversations is for me, staying power um, and tenacity and resilience is such a big piece. Some of it is just stamina, is being able to keep up the process where you say, okay, I've made progress, and someone said this once to me around gender equality in sport, is that we've got one eye looking forward and one eye looking back, right? Because we've made progress and we want to maintain those gains, but we also need to keep an eye on the past because, for example, when COVID hit, women's sport was far more greatly and disproportionately impacted. So it's this constant looking forward and looking backward, pushing people, encouraging, creating opportunities for change, Uh, while also standing firm on the progress that we've made and demanding real meaningful change that creates impact and where people's day-to-day lives are improved because of the work that we do.
1: I think there's some incredible statements in, in, in your conversation there, Kat, and I think for me, what's really coming out is that need for authentic storytelling. And for me, it, it, it also within that is, I suppose, fundamentally, it's about the cost of inaction. What does that mean for all of us and future generations? Um, But also acknowledging that the reality is advocacy and social change takes energy, uh, and we have to continually support people to do it because you can so easily, um give up at the the first hurdle um, because there will be hurdles and I think it's about recognizing there will be barriers there'll be hurdles and because social change is difficult for people social change is around creating uncertainty but it also makes people uncomfortable and with uncomfortable comes I don't want to look at that so really thank you for some of those key points and it sort of leads me on um, to sort of what for you if i was to say to you and and you know i think how difficult this might be for for yourself is really trying to just narrow down what would you say uh, to an organization or an athlete or anybody listening now what are the key success factors for effective advocacy
0: well i think you've you've extracted two important ones around kind of compelling storytelling and authenticity but also sustainability and self-care there are a number of resources that I was reading just the other day around um, Maori communities in New Zealand trying to fight systemic racial injustice from the police and how that has compounded generations of trauma and how we acknowledge that and support each other through it so I think there's some really important lessons that are coming out in different conversations including some of the survivor conversations around um, fatigue in trying to persuade sports bodies to hear their accounts. So sustainability and authenticity. I think there's some strategic pieces that are useful and perhaps I can just outline a couple of steps which which I think are probably familiar to people, but they bear repeating. The first one for me is always to start with why. Why are we doing this? What is the key problem that we're trying to address through our advocacy? Is it a policy? Is it a social issue? Um, you know, and, and then really think about who is our audience so um, who are the people who have the power to change that, and who are the people who influence the people with the power to change it I was once taught you don't always attack the citadel directly right Sometimes. That's the kind of top of the pyramid. The people who have the power to change may not yet be able or willing to hear you. So who are the people who do influence them? And then think about those audiences when we tell our stories Um, and then think, you know, break it down. I'm a huge fan of a theory of change. Right. Why are we doing it? And then how do we do it? What are the interim steps that we want to achieve? Those interim outcomes that we know we're on track. I see those as the stepping stones in our road, in our roadmap. And then from there, you can track back to the what, what are the actions that you can do? And when we think about the what, for me, a big piece, of course, is kind of research and education, certainly for athletes, activists, I think often Different causes will ask an athlete to speak on an issue, recognizing that they have these unique platforms. But it's really important that they have the education and the information at their hand at their hands to tackle some complex issues. We've seen that recently in the Qatar World Cup, where athletes have been put at the forefront of a, of a debate around the One Love Armband LGBTQIA plus rights. And some of the footballers there said, we just don't feel comfortable speaking about this. Um, And I think until we give them the opportunity to to take the time to research and educate themselves, that's fair. So I think having that knowledge and then, as I say, a good theory of change, a clear strategy and finally a really good team. You know, uh, social change is a team sport. We've talked a little about the need for kind of stamina but also the need for self-care. You need to be able to hand over that baton at times, um, but you also need to recognize where you have strengths and weaknesses. We all have different attributes and assets and um, being able to identify our unique contribution where our voice counts most and then where maybe someone else can take over allows us also to share the burden of change-making. And that's the same if you're an institution, right? Whether you're an institution or an individual, if you're an institution, we don't expect sports bodies um, to have all of the expertise. Find a civil society organisation that works on this outside of sport. You know, Marcella, your expertise, um, for example, has been a huge attribute to the sporting community. So team up with people who can plug the gaps where you feel you may not have that expertise.
1: Kat, that's really good. And do you know what? I, what I'm going to do is I think it'll be really helpful is just collate that into some bullet points that some people can uh, download then after the, the podcast in terms of some really key points, right? Around, uh, you know, being authentic, sustainability, but very much those strategic points because sometimes it can feel like such an onerous task when you recognize something that needs to change and having just those first initial bullet points of, You know, what do you need to follow? And taking a strategic approach to it um, is really, really helpful. So, Kat, thank you um, for this first podcast. Uh, I look forward to meeting you um, for our second conversation. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the Safe Sport International podcast. You can
0: find more information about our work and resources, including details of our annual conference at safesportinternational.com. If you've been affected by any of the topics covered in this episode, you can find details of help and support at safesportinternational.com forward slash getting help. Finally, please do help us spread the word about safeguarding in sport by leaving us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts.